Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's a terrible call. That is a terrible call. Welcome back to another Celtics pod. I'm your host, Adam Taylor. Today, I'm joined by Joe Swiper-Vaughn and Cedric Maxwell, who are currently at the TD Garden preparing for the game against the Grizzlies. Thanks for joining me today, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. We're doing good, doing good, man. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. So, to jump into it, I wanted to just start, obviously, you're at the Garden right now. What are you expecting to see from this Grizzlies team that are quite entertaining, quite tantalizing with some really good depth coming off the bench? Well, I think what we want to see is the same kind of effort they just had against the Lakers. I think they, uh, everybody played well. Uh, their bench played well. Starters were good. And I think, if anything, the Celtics just need to get off to a good start. They haven't done that, you know, it seemed like a month right now. Yeah, definitely. And with the entire roster, or besides Rob, relatively healthy, um, this is a good time for Brad Stevens to, you know, really find out what he has. You know, he hasn't had a significant amount of time to have his roster at full strength. You know, he is missing Rob Williams. But for the most part, to have everyone back, I think will help between now and All-Star break for him to find out exactly where he stands with his rotation and uh, where, where he wants things to go moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like Jalen Brown's going to be a, a big miss tonight? I can see that. Yeah, I can see Jalen Brown having a good one in this uh, in this matchup. Uh, I am interested to see how John Moran does against Kemba Walker. I think that's going to be a fun matchup. Uh, favorite for a rookie of the year. He's been really entertaining. He can do a little bit of everything that you would ask for out of a point guard. So I'm excited. You know, this Memphis team, is uh, they, have, they have a couple of impressive wins under their belt. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform against the Celtics. So I'm, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is Morant. Everybody's been talking about him as a – as a player and, you know, just how exciting he is coming to the NBA. And I think right now he's a front runner right now for the, for the rookie of the year. Definitely. So Jalen Brown's ruled out with an injury to his ankle. And I'm kind of leaning towards seeing Marcus Smart guard in John Moran. Is that what you're looking to see? Hmm. That's, that's yeah. That's, yeah, I think that if you have Marcus out there, Marcus is your best defender. You know, bar none. And he's a heart and soul to what you do on your defensive end. So let's not get it twisted about, you know, maybe Kimba. But I think he'll be seeing a lot more of Marcus instead of Kimba. Yeah, definitely. You know, for defensively, that's the, the bigger challenge. And, you know, I, the, the Jalen Brown thing, that to see him come back eventually would be great. We saw how he looked against the Lakers. So, so it's going to be a little tentative with that. But, um, yeah, it'll be great to see uh, Marcus get in there. We know he had a uh, career night a couple of nights ago uh, with all the guys going off the way they did uh, against the Lakers. He didn't have to do too much on the, uh, in terms of scoring, but I-, I can certainly see him coming up big in this one uh, with, with them being down uh, without Jalen Brown. And while we're talking about that Lakers game, what do you guys think about Grant's tech? Do you think that was a bit too soft by the referee to be giving out a technical for that? Or is that what is that deserved because he was making a gesture towards the bench? Well, well let's go with both of them. Grant's technical <laughs> uh, for whatever he said to Boogie Cousins and Boogie Cousins start laughing. And then also Jalen Brown's technical for looking at LeBron once he dunked the basketball. 
to me, the NBA has gotten a little bit too soft when it comes to that. I understand that people are trying not to let people bully each other, but this is also a game of a psychological game, and you're trying to get in somebody else's head. Absolutely. This is the Celtics Lakers, the most storied rivalry there is in basketball. And I don't care what the score looked like. I mean, people are going to react that way. And Jalen Brown, when she saw it was LeBron James, he dunked over. I mean, who wouldn't give a stare down or at least show some attitude in a moment like that where this crowd was just the feeling was blown off the roof of this place, man. It sounded like a playoff game here at TD Garden. So I, I can't, you know, I think you have to excuse players to get getting caught up into the uh, – the atmosphere without obviously not doing anything vicious or anything malicious. Uh, I, I didn't think that was that was fair. I think it was one of those things where you should just let it slide. Yeah, me too. I feel like it adds to the the feel of the game. It's even like for me watching it from like thousands of miles away at ridiculous o'clock in the morning. When you see someone stare each other down off the bench, it adds that vibe that you want to see these guys matching up against each other and playing with heart. Cedric, is this um is this a a big gap between the, the physicality now to when you were playing? I'm assuming it was a lot rougher when you were on the court. Oh, it's a little bit different. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> I, think, I think one of the things you talk about in the NBA, and I've said this a long time, college basketball should never be more physical than NBA basketball because of the physicality of the players. Uh, during my particular era, uh, there were a lot of fouls get called today that the referees would look at you and laugh, uh, you know, because it was, it was a lot more physical, that hand checking, you know, you, you uh, a good hard foul, not a dirty foul, but a hard foul. And if you did get a, a nasty, dirty foul, the players would take care of it on the other end. So we were almost policed by the players instead of sometimes by the referees. Yeah, just check out one of our uh, episodes, the Cedric Maxwell podcast, where, where Max will tell you a handful of stories about things went down on the court, how, how things were served, and how uh, not a single player would be ejected after these, these altercations that used to happen. <laughs> it was more of a, let's, let's just separate them and uh, keep it moving, keep the game going. So it was a completely different time. Yeah, it was. Um, I grew up on that era of basketball. It was a much better top brand of basketball, in my opinion. Um, I used to love watching guys like Patrick Ewing go to work as well during the early late eighties, early nineties. Cedric, one question for you before we carry on with the general topics. In all your years on the court, who was your most difficult player to guard? Who was the one that you never looked forward to every time you came up against him? Everybody. Not just one person, everybody. I mean, you can go down the line of people that you guarding, and you say, "Be you know, it could be uh, magic, it could be worthy, it could you get on Kareem." Uh, you know, there were just outstanding players all over the place that you had to play against. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was. Ex- um, I'm jealous in a way, but no, that must have been amazing. Do you still keep in touch with those guys? Um, I just believe the biggest thing about playing to me, to my jealousy and the guys that I played against, they were just beat. And they didn't care. They, they didn't, they gave no quarter, did they ask for any quarter? And when you think about it in, in that way, you just had so much more respect for them. Not during the time you played them, but now that I look back on it, I just have so much more respect for the guys that I played against and I played with. And that respects something that the modern era players talk a lot about is how it's like um, there's a fraternity amongst the NBA players off the court. Sometimes the bad blood bleeds onto the court. When you've got a guy like Marcus... Uh, Go ahead, sorry. 
you know, I, I, you know, Marcus, Marcus Smart to me is one of the guys that doesn't care about that. And to me, the competitive advantage in most sports, when you don't like a guy, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of soccer teams that don't like each other. There are a lot of players all over the place that don't like each other. And for me, it becomes that much more competitive. You know, you think about a guy like Conor McGregor, as much junk as he talks, and he backs it up. Fans get excited about that because you actually don't like a guy. And to me, that is always exciting. What about you, Josue? Do you feel like... um? Do you feel like the fraternity amongst the players is something that some players can kind of let get in the way when they're on the court and they get a bit more heated when things are said? Um, I feel like as the years have gone on, you don't see a whole lot of that. I mean, if we're talking like the NBA Finals or a big series, you see more of that uh, attitude, more of that maliciousness. But a lot of these guys nowadays, man, I feel like they, they're hanging out in the summertime together. You know, the uh, mutual respect that they have for one another sometimes carries over into the basketball court. Where I feel like uh, you know the late '90s or to the 2000s when I was you know watching ball, watching basketball from the mid '90s on, it wasn't always the case. You know, uh, it was more of a guys wanting to compete against each other and not necessarily team up or even work out with each other. I mean, I remember a handful of times where you hear you know about players. Yeah, I think of Michael Jordan actually when Michael Jordan came back for uh, the Wizards, he would have these workouts with like guys like Antoine Walker and, and you know other All Stars, but. Uh, that's that's where it ended, you know. You didn't see the the, the, the kind of uh, high level of respect on the court the way you do now. But uh, hopefully, we can get back to that with those days. You know, show more competitiveness and have guys really want to go at each other a bit more harder, be more harsher to each other. So you bring up a really good point there about working out in the summer and talking about teaming up. Is that something that used to happen with you, Cedric, back in the day? Did people used to always try and get you to join their team, or you talk about? going to play somewhere else with, like, a little super team? Well, you know, there are super teams. And, you know, like the Lakers, like the Celtics. I mean, like the Bulls during the during the 90s. I mean, some teams that, you know, just hit their stride and they play really well. And I, I just believe that when you have those years, that, that when you have top teams and they're playing at the top level, it's great for the sport. This is like boxing. When Muhammad Ali was there and then George Frazier was there. I mean, you know, Joe Frazier was there. I think that those kind of things that you say, okay, there's a guy you can compete with. And when the Lakers came to town or we came to L.A., it was always a circus. And because of the circus, I think everybody else got involved. Jack Nicholson used to be there. Denzel Washington was there. All these stars. So it, it is a, it's a great rivalry when you play against teams like that. So moving on to a more general Celtics, like modern era topic, you guys are around the team quite a lot. I'm assuming you're at most of the games. You get to speak to some, be in the press conferences, maybe speak to some of these guys. How do you feel Romeo's development's coming down? I know he's kind of doing a lot of traveling back and forth from Maine. Do you feel like this is similar to a further extent of the rookie treatment Jalen Brown got in his first year? I'm sorry, you say about Taco or which third? Romeo, Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford. Oh, Ro- Romeo Langford. Yeah, I, I think Rom- Romeo Langford is, is someone that I, that I think you, spending some time in Maine could be really beneficial. You know, I, I think one thing that we're starting to learn about this team, specifically in the last couple of weeks, uh, the, the most glaring weakness or one of the most glaring weaknesses that I saw out of this group when they played against the Milwaukee Bucks was um, 
uh, secondary scoring, you know, and, and that's something I think they're they're missing. You know, everyone's talking about uh, they need a big man, they're supposed to need another big guy. Well, yeah, that could be true to a certain extent, but I think when you need someone that can come off the bench and be a, a, a scorer and someone you can rely on, I think that's something that the team could really use. And I think they sort of want to see what Romeo Langford can, can show if he gets more reps in there, you know. Like, the G League isn't always a demotion, you know. We saw what happened to uh, someone like Terry Rozier, what that did to him. You know, I'm, I'm in a camp that strongly believes that there is no scary Terry if he doesn't spend all that time in, uh, in Maine and being one of the primary scorers and getting those reps in. So I'm not saying that Romeo Langford is going to be able to to put together the kind of uh, playoff performances we saw out of Terry Rozier, but if he can be someone that can turn into a – seven, eight-point consistent score off the bench. That's something that the team could certainly use. You know, Carson Edwards hasn't, unfortunately, hasn't panned out to that guy that they were hoping that he would be. And, uh, you know, Semi Ojale is getting more reps out there, but he's more of someone that you want to see come up big on the defensive end. So I think that's uh, that's something that the Brad Stevens and the Thunders are going to wait and see what happens with Romeo Langford from these trips and these stints in the, in the G League. And uh, they'll see what they have within the next month or two. Yeah, for definite. I like the way Romeo's played coming off the bench defensively. Uh, in the limited amount of... He does that He does that too, yeah. He can play a little defense for you as well, that's true. Yeah, he's got super active hands. He's really pesky. He gets under everybody's everybody. And he when he does a drive the lane, he looks quite polished the way he handles the rock and the way he controls his body on the way to the hoop. I feel like part of the reason he's spending so much time down there as well is due to the fact that he missed most of, well, all of the summer due to that injury on his hand that he played in college. Right, right. He hasn't gotten a chance to uh, to really show his show his stuff. And uh, whenever it seemed like he was on the verge of doing that, uh, another injury would pop up. So uh, hopefully he can stay healthy and we can find out a little more of what Roman Langford can offer for the Celtics this season as opposed to the uh, the future. Yeah, I mean, we say about Gordon Hayward for last year, like, oh, he wasn't healthy because he had that second operation before the start of the preseason. So if if we if that excuse is used for Gordon Hayward, then the same excuse needs to be at least partially used towards Romeo Langford. And he's got it worse because this is his first year in the league against this level of talent. Right. Think about, yeah, because you think about Romeo, okay, he hasn't been in the league. And the thing you're trying to learn, you're trying to learn the game. You know, uh, when you think about Gordon Hayward, Gordon Hayward played during that time, and, and he's been in the league, so it's familiar with it. But when you're a first-year guy, there's so many things that you have to think about, so many things that you have to do. And uh, so I, I think that that combination is completely different when you think about players how they are. That's a fair point. Yeah, I understand that. The The... the the comparison that I've been trying to put across to people um, when I've had this conversation previously is, as you've alluded to, Gordon Hayward came back from an injury already knowing how the league works and knowing what he needs to do to get back to shape. Whereas Romeo's coming into the league with no training camp, not knowing the system too well. And after repairing his broken shot following that surgery, he's going he's gonna to have some mental hurdles to go over as well as physical ones. Right, and if you compare his situation to Gordon Hayward, you know, someone who was an all-star before his injury, and you're talking about another person uh, uh, coming straight into the league for his first year and isn't necessarily on a team where there's a whole lot of opportunities for him to become one of the uh, go-to guys, I think it's even that much more tougher to, to 
mesh into it onto a roster that's obviously uh, contending and and relevant. So yeah, it'll be there's a lot of uh, hurdles for him to cross this year or from the jump. And um, if he can just carve out a role that that puts him into Brad Stevens' rotation, I think at this point that's uh, relatively uh, a success for for his uh, freshman or his uh, rookie year. Yeah, and Jalen Brown spoke about that on um, Woj Pod the other day, right? The mental hurdles he had to go through being drafted onto a contending team and not having the opportunity to make those mistakes. Yeah, I think Jalen. Yeah, Jalen. Jalen's a veteran guy. Anytime a veteran guy can talk to rookies about what is going on, it's going to help them. It's going to help the confidence. And that's if you listen. A lot of times you have rookies who don't listen. The Celtics rookies, they have a good crop this year of guys who are, I think, very intelligent basketball players, and they listen. I mean, in particular, Grant Williams has been that guy that everybody seems to love on this team, and he is so confident in his game and how he plays that his teammates just love it. Yeah, he's a huge, huge part of that locker room at the moment. He's definitely grown into a solid veteran presence, and that's crazy considering he's only in his – this is his fourth year, so he's only in his fourth year, and he already can pass on some of that knowledge he learned just because of the the career path he's had due to being drafted onto a contending team. So you guys are in the garden right now. What's the atmosphere like? Is people starting to turn up? Everybody's just getting ready, ready for the game. I think the players are very relaxed right now. A lot of people are just warming up, shooting around. But uh, the uh, full Monty is going to come probably within the next hour or so when it cranks up close to the game time. Right, yeah. i got Brad Stevens going to talk in just a couple of minutes here. But, uh, yeah, people starting to come in. Uh, we still, uh, still got some time here before tip off. Yeah, I bet you guys are pumped. Are you, you going to be in that um, press conference with Brad? We are, yeah. Okay, well, if he's getting ready to talk, then I'm happy to leave you guys to it. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely, no problem, man. Uh, appreciate you uh, having us on. Uh, let everybody know, of course, uh, Cedric Maxwell Podcast. You can check us out on all uh, podcast platforms. Of course, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it, we're on there. Uh, been doing this for uh, since last year, and it's been going really well. Really entertaining stuff, so please check us out. Yeah, and these guys, Cedric Maxwell podcast is also part of CLNS Media, and I know Joe Sway does a, you do like a post-game report on CLNS as well, right, Joe Sway? That's right, yeah, Southern Insider for uh, CLNS Media. Uh, check us out, clnsmedia.com, and of course, check us out on YouTube. Uh, we'll, we have our daughter uh, report that's followed after every single home game, and uh, the only place you can find full-length pressers from uh, each and every home Celtics game. Yeah, and definitely check out the CLNS Media channel, their Instagram page as well. There's loads of good content on there, especially post-game interviews, uh, all the players giving their thoughts after the game. It's a great platform. You can also see some of their stuff on Celticsblog.com. Obviously, this is the Celtics Blog podcast. And again, guys, thanks for coming on. Cedric, it's been great speaking to a Celtics legend. I'm sure the listeners are going to enjoy that. And Josue, you're working your way up the ranks in the media circles as well. So I'm sure everybody's going to be really happy to hear from you too. And uh, hopefully we can do this again in the future, guys. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Thanks again. Thanks, man.